episode four of the Apocalypse Podcast, the podcast where each week we pig out on a pig called Bebop. I'm James Bellardi, and joining me, as always, is Chief Taste Tester Sam. Hey, Sam. Hi, everyone. Sam, together we're eating Bebop piece by piece until there's no more pork left to eat. How much Bebop would you say is left in our freezer right now? I think that we've been making a really good go of this challenge. Mm. Do you think we've got about 70 kilos left? I mean, the freezer's like 60% full of pork. Well, and this episode today, we're talking about a pretty sizable portion that has come out of the freezer. We are, we are. It's a, it's a, it's a big old muckle bit of pork. In terms of the overall challenge, you know, we're, we're in the tunnel right now. I feel like we've been doing this for quite a while. No light ahead, no light behind. Can you remember life before Bebop? Back when we ate chicken <laughs> and other meats are available. Um, yeah, I can remember that life. I do occasionally pine for a lamb shoulder. Are you bored of pork? Oh, good question. No, I'm not, I don't think I'm bored of it yet, actually. I think that it is still surprising me with its versatility. Now, before we get going, don't forget, if you have any thoughts on pork or you would just like to share some recipes with us, then you can find us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram by searching for The Apocalypse Podcast or find us at apocalypsepodcast.com. Well, thankfully, the monotony of eating pork has been broken ever so slightly because changes afoot. Lockdown is easing. And for the first time ever, we were allowed people over to help us eat this this particular cup Hooray! of pork. What, what cup of pork was it, Sam? This time, we ate a whole pig's leg. In one sitting. Just one of the legs, mind. Now, if you know anything about pig anatomy, you will know that Pigs have four legs. <laughs> Normally on the Apocalypse podcast, we would eat every single cut of the type before recording an episode. For example, we've got seven pieces of belly. We're going to eat seven pieces of belly before that episode gets recorded, seven different recipes. But cooking and more to the point, eating this one leg was such a mammoth undertaking that we thought it deserved its own show. Yay. Yay. <laughs> there will be more leg meat episodes to follow with the Yay. other leg cuts. But it, it just would have been an insane bumper to our episode if we didn't sort of chop up legs, as it were. Yeah, and also they're all pretty huge, so I'm quite glad that we're spreading it out a bit. So this piece was pretty giant. How much did it weigh, James? Well, I put it on the scales, and it registers as a fault. So it was too heavy for the kitchen scales. So I got the bathroom scales out, and that said seven kilos. They're always notoriously a little bit out anyway. <laughs> yeah, well, I tend to think they're probably under whenever I stand on it, but never mind. Don't say that! <laughs> can you describe the whole leg as it came out of the freezer? I can indeed describe the leg as it came out of the freezer. It had been standing kind of on end, so it had been kind of from the mid of the freezer, rising majestically to the top of the freezer, and now we've taken it out, we've been able to put some shelves back in. It meant that we had to take out loads of other bits of pork to be able to restack them all because it was just so giant it was pretty unwieldy it was pretty Um, unwieldy yeah we had to get everything else out to be able to get it out i think it even got like a little bit stuck to the shelf so (laughs) nearly thought i was going to break another shelf in getting it out so let's talk about the science of a rear leg the latin names for the muscles are are you ready for this the middle gluteal, the coaxial tuber, the tensor fasciae latae, the superficial gluteal, the semitendinosus, the semimembranosus, the biceps femoris, lateris digitalia extensor, 
gastron sem this is a hard one gastron seminism the cranial tibble you would have thought cranial meant brain didn't you but apparently not this is tibble a bit like tibial on the leg like tibia yeah yeah perineus tertius perineus longus is this still feeling like a good idea well it's quite a mouthful i should point out there are lots of other muscles and tendons Further towards the ankle part of the leg, but we have the trotters removed uh, on all of our bits of leg, and we're going to cover those in the trotters episode at a later date. Wow, cannot wait for the trotters episode. Indeed. There's a lot of muscles, and they all get a lot of work, because basically this is the bit of the pig that's powering the pig, moving it across that turnip field in the case of Bebop. And normally, when muscles get a lot of work, that means toughness, but leg on the whole tends to be pretty tender when you buy diced pork in a supermarket quite often it's leg and you use that for sort of stir fries and fast cooking as well as stews and and that sort of thing so broadly speaking it's quite tender meat have we talked before about how fast bebop was well i do know that the average speed of a pig i looked this up is 11 miles an hour or there's the average top speed of a pig wild boars can get up to 15 miles per hour oh, like get out of the way for the wild boar so you know you would expect at those kinds of pacey paces that this would be quite tough meat but it's not it's not too bad the challenge when you're cooking a whole pig is that obviously there's all these different muscles you've got to work out how to cook them evenly and of course a a pig leg is not an even shape there's sort of a big fat bit at the top and then it tapers off at the bottom yeah so how much fat and muscle was on the leg that we had so ratio you're probably looking about 80 20 20 fat 80 percent meat but like i say it's not it's not evenly spread across the the pig there's basically a sort of a two inch layer of fat across most of the the, the, the yeah, leg it was really obvious what was fat and what was meat right yeah and then as you cook it you got to render all that down into the meat to keep it moist delicious now if you've listened to the apocalypse podcast before you will remember we talked about a chef called francis malman who's an argentine guy specializes in fire making things taste burnt on the last episode we cooked a recipe of his called biffa de chancho which was a pork chop wrapped in parma ham with sage leaves and then fried and i think it's safe to say that was outrageous delicious yeah so this week we went back to Malman. Uh, his book, Seven Fires, has this guide to salt baking a whole pork leg. And we, you've wanted to do that for ages. For a long, long time. You can do it with chicken, fish, all kind of meats. But Malman, who's mainly a beef guy, recommends whole pork leg. His recipe goes on for three pages. It's pretty epic. And it required us buying about £30 worth of salt. Which, uh, just to mm. let you know, that is about a third of what Malman suggested we, we bought but I managed to find a sneaky way around it, which I'll get into. The idea behind the salt baking is that it forms this kind of crust over the meat and it keeps the interior moist. And to get this crust, you basically need to pack it in a three-inch layer of salt all over, bang it in the oven for four hours. And that's basically it. I'm not entirely sure why Francis Malman felt the need to span that out over three pages, uh, but, but he did. All in all, he's asking for about 11 kilos of salt. And my way around that was I put the leg in this high-sided tin so it kind of held the salt onto the side of the pork and it didn't need a sort of shallow runway gradient of salt to keep the the, the side bit in place. It's clever, I thought. Saved us like 60 quid in salt. 
<laughs> Bit of context. It was our birthdays when we ate the pork leg. And we got to have people over. Very exciting. And they came and ate with us in a totally socially distant manner. We didn't touch anyone. But they ate pork and, and it was wonderful. Well, we needed someone to help us eat seven kilos of pork leg, didn't we? Quite. So the reviews they gave us were pretty positive. Well, everyone took away, except for the vegetarian, everyone took away leftovers. But it was our birthday, so they could have been lying to us to protect our feelings. That'd be nice. Sam, as chief taste tester, let's get your review. How did it look when it came out of the oven? Um, Well, when it came out of the oven, um, all of the salt had gone really hard. The crust had formed. Um, and it was really satisfying to smash that salt crust to see what it was going to look like underneath. Um, so it was really exciting. It was nice to do celebratory cut of pork. The meat was really soft and really tender to cut, but it had formed some amazing crackling on top. The best crackling we've done, I would say. And I wasn't even trying this time. We, we've got these plans. We've got all these plans for other episodes, one of which I wanted to do around crackling. And I've been trying all these different methods, like with a hairdryer and scalding it the day before and so on and so on. And and the idea behind this recipe is the fat is just there to make sure that the meat doesn't get too salty. You're supposed to cut through the fat and get rid of it. When we pulled that crust off, I mean, it was honeycomb light. It it, it sort of risen about an inch off the meat. Under yeah, its own. it had, hadn't it? Yeah. It was kind of like you could just pull it off. You didn't even need a knife. You just pull it off with your hand. In one piece. Yeah, and you pretty much could with the meat as well, couldn't you? You could have just grabbed it with your hands if you'd wanted to. How much faff would we say this recipe was? Mm, interesting, because obviously buying that much salt and making the salt crust is a bit of a faff, but we didn't have to buy quite as much as we thought we might need to. Also, I guess, does Francis Malmon cook it on a parisha? No, he doesn't. He doesn't. Horno. He does it in a Argentine oven called a horno. Okay, which we don't have. So I guess if you were being real purist about it, it would be a lot of hassle. But I think that the little tweaks that we made meant that it wasn't actually that much hassle. You just kind of stuck it in the oven, didn't you? Yeah, banged it in 250 degrees. The core temperature came up in pretty much exactly the amount of time that Francis Malman suggested that it would. Yeah. And then boom, um, we had a soft pork leg. Limited washing up compared to some others. A bit one pot which was enjoyable for me, doing all the washing up. Yeah, and we had an almost unlimited amount of meat that you could just pull off with your hand. It was it was not difficult to carve at all. No, it was really delicious. Let's talk about that taste. It was very porky pork. I think the salt bacon keeps a lot of that porky pork taste in. Yeah, I know we've talked already about it being moist and delicious. I think also it was really evenly cooked as well, which I don't think maybe i wasn't expecting given it's kind of it's funky shape it was a simple taste but it was a delicious taste i think it was really bringing the best out of the ingredient sometimes you use pork as sort of a lump of protein to carry marinades and so on and so on but actually this was about pork tasting like pork usefulness in leftovers slash versatility i mean we had a lot of pork we gave a lot of it away some of it went in sandwiches we did a go in pork curry. I thought that worked pretty well. Yeah, that was really great. And we had we had sort of baked some baked potatoes as well, hadn't we? So we had some of that leftover and we made a bubble and squeak mm. with some of the leftover pork, some of the salt baked potatoes, which were also delicious. Didn't you make burritos with some of the leftover stuff too? Yeah. I mean there was so much of it, I kind of almost can't remember everything that it went into. But it was a good ten days worth of pork eating. 
<laughs> yeah. Off this but one bit. It, but it stayed really moist. And it sta- And you were right earlier when you said that it was like the porkiest pork. It was a really kind of classic pork taste. Marks out of 10 overall for a salt baked pork leg. Well, it was um, really fun to do. And we had a really nice time kind of seeing people and being able to share that. And as well as the taste. So overall, I would give it 10 out of 10. I'm going for 10. I don't think it could have been any better. Wonderful. It was just the simplest, most deliciousest pork. And it was just such a nice surprise that we had all that crackling, which also got demolished. Would you recommend buying a pork leg to a friend? Ah, well, now that I have learnt about pork legs, (laughs) I would recommend someone getting a really good quality pork leg from the butcher um, that is kind of a native breed to the UK that will have that layer of fat. Whereas I think if you get um, a cheaper cut maybe um, from the supermarket, it will be a lot leaner and you won't have some of that fat involved. So you'd have to cook it in a very different way. Fat is our friend. <laughs> yeah. Um, in the taste department, fat is our friend, but not in the waistline department. <laughs> Which brings us to the end of the episode. Don't forget to hit subscribe on your favourite podcast provider to make sure you don't miss an episode of the Apocalypse Podcast. And of course, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram by searching for the Apocalypse Podcast or get in touch, find recipes and more episodes at apocalypsepodcast.com. Join us next time where, once again, we'll be eating like pigs. A pig called Bebop, dead in pieces in our freezer.